Welcome to another episode of Crossing Soccer Borders, a podcast focused on the growth CONCACAF soccer. I am Rudy. And I am Rodrigo. Today we have a very special guest, but it was just a matter of time before we collaborated, being that we are a part of the Dynamo Theory Network. But Christian, from Cuatro Cuatro Dos is in the house. Feel free to hey. introduce yourself, my friend. What's up, everybody? Uh, once again, uh, if you're listening on the Cuatro Cuatro Dos feed, Obviously, your boy Christian, and yeah, man, we we finally hooked up. We linked up with uh with the bros from uh, Crossing Soccer Borders, you know. And yeah, man, we are here. We're gonna talk about Cup. We're gonna talk about a whole bunch of different stuff, and of course, the Dynamo, you know. But yeah, man, thank y'all for having me in y'all space. This is awesome. Yeah, man. Hopefully, it's the first first of many for sure. Anytime you want to sure. join, or vice versa, man, we're down. But, for sure, uh, man. This is gonna be the first of many for sure. But Rodrigo, I guess, and Christian, we'll get started talking about CONCACAF soccer. We saw the quarterfinals last week, eliminated a bunch of teams. And I think the story that drives it, it's how there was five MLS teams and only one left. Man, what do you guys think about that? How, how come, you know, the Mexican teams continue to just beat down an MLS? Christian, as an outsider, you know, you know maybe you're not such a – a follower of the CONCACAF soccer compared to maybe um, watching the Libertadores and stuff. But what do you think that is the case, man? Man, I mean, um, I think, well, obviously, I think we, we know that, you know, MLS compared to Liga MX, there's, there's, you know, there's a there's probably not as much as a gap today as there as it was in the past. You know, we, we always thought, like, you know, like you said, mentioned, you know, watching Copa Libertadores as, as a kid or whatever, we would always, I would always see at least, at least one Mexican team in the Copa Libertadores. And they would, sometimes they would go far, like, they, you know, a couple of teams played the finals and stuff like that. And, you know, traveling, like, for example, me as a Boca Juniors fan, you know, traveling to Mexico is always hard, like even for, for like Argentinian teams or Mexican, or not Mexican, for Brazilian teams and stuff like that. So like, it wasn't, you know, a place where you can just be like, oh, you know, three points you know like if you go play I don't know not to you know diminish anybody but like a Bolivian team or a Peruvian team you know you know uh when you when you see you know high like strong teams you're like oh you know we're gonna go play this you know in a league that is you know quote unquote inferior to ours and I think that's what a lot of people in CONCACAF has seen well at least in my perspective right yeah it's like Mexico is like the top dog you know Liga MX and and their teams because you know you have giant teams, you know, America, Chivas, you know, Monterrey, Tigres, Pumas, you know, and all these teams. And and always the MLS seemed to be like second to them, you know. But now, like, you know, now that we follow, you know, the MLS and we kind of keep up, you know, and like you started seeing all these teams probably, you know, like like in Atlanta United, you know, with their uh with their you know giant names coming in, you know, Pete Martinez being sold to like the the Premier League or like um, I don't know, like a Portland or a Seattle and stuff like that. So you're like, you know, what, 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 I mean, I, me asking you guys, what, why is it that, you know, like, yeah, there's a gap, but why, like, are the Mexican teams, like, for example, the elites, for example, in this time, you know, the Americas, Monterrey, are they like in a whole different level than our Portland, our like Atlanta United's? Is that, is there still like a giant gap there or, or like, is it closer than, than before? Rodrigo, you want to answer that? So, yeah, definitely. Um, I think it really comes down, especially with this tournament, it's going to come down to how the structure of their own league is set up. Um, MLS teams, they come in a little bit later than the Liga MX. 
it takes it takes a while to get into rhythm, and I think that's what we're seeing here. Uh, we're seeing this MLS teams barely getting you know into their preseason, a couple of games into their leagues. They're not 100% fit to for me to be in this competition. Um, that being said, as we mentioned, there's there's going to be a gap in this new uh, semifinals. Philadelphia might catch up there, so we're, it'll be interesting to look at how Phil, Philadelphia will, you know, be competing three months into this tournament in their league. So we'll see that, but I, I think it comes down to their actual um, scheduling. And as far as I think, what affects this teams is also going to be their um, the salary cap that MLS puts on teams. Um, uh, Liga MX doesn't have one, and obviously they go out there and buy, you know, any player they can afford. Um, I think we just saw Tigres go after another player from Marseille, um, Toban. So, so I think that's that's the biggest issue there. And yeah, funny enough, I wrote down three reasons why the MLS could be inferior, and yeah, I think you touched on all of them. So yeah, basically the midseason play, you know, because you know, like you said, uh, the MLS kind of comes in like sometimes the season, the MLS season starts after you know the the Champions League, and you're like, like why why are we not on the same level? Like why can't we start like regular people when everybody else starts? And and also salary cap. <clears throat> what, um, why do you, what do you, I mean, I don't know if you guys are well, well versed in also the MLS stuff, but what do you guys think of the, 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 the salary cap is there for it? I mean, shouldn't it be like free for all? And, you know, if somebody wants to go and drop down a hundred million for Neymar or something like that to bring them over, what do you think? I think the salary cap is there, man. So to stop like a European super league to an extent, right. Yeah. They want to kind of make it even, but yet at the same time, well, cause you know, given like, I mean, see how much money Cincinnati spend just for the heck of it. And yeah. they're still, like, really bad, you know. They can't win. And so the salary cap is there to kind of keep every team, every city, kind of give them a chance. But who knows, man. I mean, Philadelphia, in this case, you know, having Club America, Monterrey, Cruz Azul, and Philadelphia, and then uh, having the transfer window being open for Philly, I mean, will they go out there and spend to try to win? You really don't know. And, I mean, all they have to do is beat Club America. It sounds like, a, you know, obviously still like a big accomplishment they have to do. But once they're in the final, they just have to face another Mexican team. And, you know, it hasn't been done yet. But in my opinion, it's going to be tough, man. I, I think a Mexican team is going to take this one again. But, yeah, I don't know. Like, Rodrigo, what are you thinking? And uh, and then we'll pass it on to Christian see kind of what he thinks about who will be in the final, I guess. So, yeah, I mean, with, like you said, the Mexican teams going into this next next le- or next part of the tournament, they're actually going to be in their preseason as their tournament obviously would end in a couple of weeks here. They get a couple of breaks. We have the international term- tournaments coming up. MLS will be going on the ongoing tournament. So I think they might have a little bit less of advantage. Of, like, say, America will have less advantage over Philadelphia. Um, but as far as the salary cap, yeah, no, I totally agree. Um, MLB, we see that. Yankees, uh, LA Dodgers, they go out there and if they have the money, they spend it. I think MLS, um, they should do like the like everybody else around the world. If you have the money, just go out there and spend it. I, I think that's just fair advantage overall in the soccer tournaments. 
And I mean, I think I feel like that's something we see, right, with the LA LAFCs and and a few other teams that are able to spin and kind of work around that. Because I mean, we know for sure the Dynamo won't do that, but that we'll we'll talk about that later. But Christian, man, what are your thoughts on on this? Uh, you know, four teams left. Uh, Rodrigo did hit the fact that you know the Mexican teams at that time they're going to be in preseason, but a lot of their players are probably going to be playing, you know, in the Gold Cup and stuff like that. So they'll be in rhythm. But what are you thinking, man? I mean, yeah, I think I think at this point in time, I mean, in any in any league or in any like championship state, like, you know, like when you're like quarterfinals, semifinals, whatever, you need to take advantage of like any like any advantages you can get. You have to take, you know, take and run with them. And Philly coming in kind of like mid-season, kind of like powering, you know, if, if they're, they're able to like keep up or whatever. Um, and, you know, you get like a like a, like a a new America, like, you know, kind of starting slow or, you know, try starting to pick up. I think you have to like go and kill them, you know. I mean, Portland kind of had a good game against them the first one, you know, right? Didn't they tie like 1-1 or 2-2? But obviously they went back to Mexico and they got murdered. But uh, but I think, you know, having if you can have like a really, 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 really good game in Philadelphia and just kind of let everything out and then just try to go to Mexico and, and, you know, and get, you know, obviously go for a win. But if you can at least, you know, give it try a tie or something like that and then just kind of, you know, like take one game at a time. But like the games that, you know, at least the first one coming back because it's going to be in like in a few months. You know, you, you're going to have to go all out and just kind of focus on that. And, you know, I mean, you're you literally representing the whole entire league. You know, you're trying to hold it down by yourself. And I mean, I don't know. Philly has had a good team last year. Obviously, they won the, the supporter shield and they seem to be having a, an OK team so far. I mean, they made it to the semifinals. Right. So. It's just, I guess it's going to be a matter of, of kind of like following them and just trying to see how they keep up. And, you know, whenever the time comes, how they're going to, you know, stay up there and try to compete with, you know, with a new, like a, like a starting America and America, you know, is starting to come back, but, you know, America is America. So they're they're They have to win every single match they play. So it's one of those things that they're going to obviously come out and to kill somebody, you know? So. Yeah. And I guess to kind of close this portion of the, of our talk, being that, uh, you know, being us being Mexican and probably Rodrigo would probably agree with this. You know, Club America, Monterrey, Cruz Azul, we have like no dog in this fight. So we're, we're I'm putting all my chips on Union, you know, to try to take one and, and win it for MLS finally. Um, what's, your, what's your team in Mexico? Chivas. Uh, I can't talk to you, bro. <laughs> <laughs> no. But uh, I, I still have bad memories when Chivas went to La Bombonera. Oh, they oh man. Put, yeah. They put four on us and then both would throw up the four and we, uh, we had some players spit them in the face and the fans went into the field, but you know, it's okay. I forgive you. Forgive Fun you. memories for sure, man, but let's go. Let's uh, move on to our next topic, which I know you wanted to talk about UEFA champions league. And uh, I know I do probably wanted to add a little bit more, but let's just, I would say let's continue on um, to try to stay on schedule. But finally we have our UEFA champions league final men city against Chelsea Rodrigo, I want to start with you because you talked about that so-called curse on our last uh, show, and it kind of backfired, man. I think you jinxed it. Like the team, the two teams that you said were going to go in actually ended up getting knocked out, 
and you did say do whatever you want with this information i thought it was hilarious but man we'll get you started with uh, your thoughts on this uh may 29th final <laughs> so yeah i thought that was funny too like i kind of knew that was gonna happen when i when i put that together i'm like hey that's pretty interesting you know it's happened for 13 years you know let's give it a go this 14th year um obviously that ended there but yeah we saw or we've seen a men's city team that has been destroying or doing you know their top level in every competition they've been on they recently just won the efl cup also known as the carbell cup for in in england um against tottenham and chelsea you know they're coming up the fa cup versus uh, leicester city uh, this is going to be this weekend may 15th so it's two teams top of their game right now men city obviously i don't think menu is going to win um, catch up to them um, they'll definitely be taking the premiership most likely by the, the end of the week, uh, they'll they'll have that title. Um, interesting thing here. So, Men's City, Chelsea is supposed to be played in Istanbul. As we know, there have been some issues there in Turkey. It looked like it was going to be moved to Wembley. It doesn't look like that's going to be happening anymore. So, I think this match is going to take place in uh, Porto, which, honestly, I think I love that stadium. If you guys ever seen that one, um, it's probably one of the nicest stadiums in Europe. Don't know how that will affect it, but we'll see this match being played elsewhere. Uh, Chelsea has been in a amazing rhythm since uh, Tuchel took over, and obviously they're they're in the final. They're played two cups or, or in two cups, and if if they win the FA Cup and Man City does become a champion, they will also see each other in the Community Shield at the start of next season. So this is going to be a uh, I guess, like a rivalry match going on in the next few months or so. Yeah, and, you know, one big topic that popped up everywhere was how, uh, you know, which American was going to win it. But before we talk a little bit about the Americans in it, there is a few Argentinians, man, and I don't know if uh, Christian is, like, a big fan of Cunahuero or not. Uh, and obviously, in, uh, in the other team, you have Willy Caballero, which, you know, it's a goalkeeper. I'm sure nobody really knows much of him. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Christian, uh, man, what are your thoughts on this team? You don't necessarily have to pick on Oweta. I'm just messing with you uh, with the Argentinian like link, man. But go for it. I mean, I mean, yes, like your brother was saying, like Rodrigo was saying, uh, it's two two strong teams, man. I mean, you got basically a champion against a champion, and then basically it goes to show how strong the the Premier League is. You know, like literally your top two teams, you know, like in the league almost are basically fighting for, for the championship and, and the whole continent. And, I mean, it's going to be good. You know, you have Pep Guardiola for, you know, on one hand, and, you know, he's been working magic since, like, forever. And then in the other, in the other uh, in Chelsea, you have the coach, which I don't know his name. I for, don't forget how to pronounce it. But, you know, he, like, I saw a picture today or, or yesterday, and it basically showed all the, all the other coaches that he has beaten this entire year basically to get to where he's at and he has beaten like beat the best of the best like he you know he went through Pep Guardiola at, at one point in time and like uh uh like the Liverpool manager I'll name all the teams that you know are the Premier League in all the top teams you know Real Madrid you know he beat Zidane he beat you know Barcelona he he beat everybody right so basically right now it's just like beating you know, Pep Guardiola in, a, in the Champions League final is like the cherry on top, you know? And and obviously, you know, what bigger cup than, you know, having, you know, a, a Champions League to, to your name, you know? 
But I mean, it would have been awesome seeing seeing the final Wembley, uh, just because of you know what Wembley represents. Basically, you know, it's just like soccer at its great, like at its greatest. You know, uh, you know, it's like the, the the where the sport was created, and it's like the stadium where you know soccer is like takes you know takes it to the full level. But you know, it is what it is. You know, stuff happens, and, and you know, we're, obviously we're dealing through a, through a little pandemic. And, and you know stuff has to change but I mean it's gonna be a really good game and and, and I'm glad it's gonna be played too you know because like you know we only have two weeks so as soon as you you know it's not like you know like CONCACAF being CONCACAF but uh you know you, we have it like right there and then and you know like your brother was saying uh they might meet again so you know it's gonna it's gonna be cool to see you know them fighting for this trophy and then maybe fight for another trophy back to back and I mean well, what can you say? You know, City is a city. They're fighting for their first, you know, Champions League. And Chelsea obviously has a history. So it's like history against, I guess, the money. So, I mean, I don't know. It's going to be good. And and about Kunawero, I like him, I guess. You know, I, I've been kind of following him in a way, not really. But since he was in Argentina and Independiente, like he always kind of knew that he was going to be something big. Obviously, he's at, like, the top, and he's probably going downhill after this. But, you know, just because of where he's at in, in life. And, and obviously, Cabocero is, you know, he's just, like, a, a guess, like, an afterthought, you know. But, you know, you got some poor Argentinians in the way. But it's going to be good. It's going to be really good. But who do you guys have if you had to pick one? If I have to pick one, I would probably pick Men City because they're new. But, you know, to add, I think Agüero is becoming more of like a, uh, like, what's it called? A Twitch phenomenon oh, yeah. playing video games. But, Radu, you wanted to add something before we uh, say anything else? Yeah, so for those of you that follow the uh, EPL, um, we saw a little snippet of, I guess, what could be this final. Uh, Man City played against Chelsea. They played at Etihad Stadium. And talking about Agüero, I don't know if you guys saw the match, but there was a penalty. He could have made it, I believe, 2-1 in their favor. And he ended up trying to do a panenka, which obviously got, you know, read and blocked. And he apologized afterwards, you know, sent out, I think, a tweet or something saying that, um, you know, apologizing to to the fans that he should have been more serious about that penalty. We saw Christian uh, Pulisic play most, or I think all of the game, actually. He, he didn't contribute on this one, but he played the full 90. and. Uh, Chelsea ended up taking away the win with a late goal. That, that was a little preview of this match. Yeah, and I actually, to add, since you're apologizing, I want to apologize to all the Chelsea fans because I think whenever I mentioned Thomas Tuchel, I said how he he was not, uh, didn't have that much experience. And then I went and looked back and I'm like, oh my God, this guy had actually coached like Dortmund and PSG. And for some reason, I thought he was more like an interim like aspect when the Lampard was uh gone yeah that was that was kind of bad but uh yeah uh rodrigo did you have a favorite uh to answer uh christians yeah definitely going with men's city on this one like you mentioned i i strongly dislike chelsea but uh <laughs> I, I do i do feel like men's city deserves this they've tried so hard for the last seven plus years to get to this point in their uh, their history uh, more than anything now with buying all the, the best players in the world. Um, I, I think they deserve that. I think Pep deserves this as well. Uh, so that's that's my favorite there. You Christian? Craig, Craig, 
Yeah, on, question for you guys. What, <laughs> what's, what's your team on the um, EPL? So for me, uh, Rodrigo, it's, it's Liverpool. You know, 100% followed them since, I don't know, 2004, 2005. Right before they won the, the, the Champions League in, in Turkey. So, yeah, and actually, I was like a big uh, Man U fan. Even when Cristiano was there, I did not like Cristiano. So I don't know what it was about. All my friends in high school kind of were like big Man U fans, and I started watching them. So, yeah, I was definitely uh, repping the glory, glory Man United. But it's been a while since I've been kind of diehard about it. But, um, hey, we're going to get into the fun stuff, local stuff. I love local stuff. But before we do, let me go ahead and take a quick stop. And just thank our sponsor. Located about a mile away from Space Center Houston, find the All Pros Barber Shop at 999 East NASA Parkway. Luis and his team will hook you up with a fresh haircut and a clean beard trim. Give them a call at 832-240-4267 or book your appointment online via Booksy. And make sure to follow them on Instagram to see their amazing work. Again, that's All Pros Barber Shop. Changing lives one haircut at a time. And, uh, this is the fun part, man. This is why Cuatro Cuatro Dos is here. Man, we're keeping it local. Uh, we ourselves, we are big fans of the Dynamo. Maybe in a future segment, Rodrigo and I will kind of talk more about how we became Dynamo fans because it, it took a while. It definitely took a while. I think uh, me and Christian talked about it a little bit. Uh, you know, we were the type of uh, fans that would go out to watch the other team play. But anyways, now we're I'm a big fan, and Rodrigo actually went to the Texas Derby. And that's what we're going to talk about today. But I'll let Christian kick it off with uh, his thoughts on this uh, past match. All right, here we go. So obviously there's there's a lot to say um, just because of, you know, we like I think every year. Well, not every year, but since last since Tab came in, I think we, we obviously have been becoming, you know, progressively better, you know, little by little, not, you know, like jumps. Uh, but I think he has brought like a like at least an idea of what you know what to do on the field like play wise you know how we want to play what our identity is going to be as a team and stuff like that right unfortunately like I think we've been some of the games like the first couple of games were were pretty strong but obviously we we still haven't kind of like figured out what the hell is going on with all of our players and you know what what is it that we're kind of doing um I mean, the, the game, I think everybody agrees that the first half wasn't too great. Like, at one point in time, me and my brother were literally counting to see how many touch. like, if we could get three touches, like, together in one possession. And I think we, we counted, I think it was, like, six or seven minutes of play where we couldn't connect three passes. And it was just like, bro, like, are we playing soccer? Or, what, like, what are we doing, you know? But obviously, I think the second half, obviously, it just kind of flipped. And, and I think we, we got a little bit better there. We got better possession of the ball, better movement of the ball, better, like, uh, possession in a way that we kept it because of the first half, we were just kind of giving out, you know, giving it away, giving it away. But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I want to ask, I mean, if I can, ask Rodrigo, how did you see it, you know, being in the stadium, being there in, uh, in, over there in southern Oklahoma? How did, how did it feel? <laughs> yeah, no, it was a fun experience. Um, so I live in Dallas. The stadium, it's a 45-minute drive from where I live. You know, they call it FC Dallas. It's in Frisco. <laughs> you know, <laughs> as Dynamo fans, that's that's a joke around, you know, uh, Frisco at, or FC Frisco. Um, but it, it's actually a nice stadium. Um, it was easy to get there. 
luckily i think i purchased tickets through one i don't know whatever one of those apps and the reseller was a season ticket holder so he's probably not too too happy he sold it to an animal fan but um had parking included um when i got there i saw um everybody from the the search or uh, is it batallon i don't i don't even know if, if they're still yeah. around i know they keep switching names there um but I saw their area and I kind of spent a little bit of time there, um, just hung around. But yeah, this match uh, from the get-go, you know, 2.30 p.m. start time. I think started a little bit later than that, but it was hot. You know, you're playing in a hot climate here in Texas. I, I don't know why they keep scheduling these games in, in this kind of temperature. I had a couple of water breaks. So I thought that was kind of funny, but, you know, got to keep the players safe. Yeah, and you know, that's funny that you said that about the, uh, the heat, man, because... One thing that, uh, Christian, you mentioned is that the team does look better. You know, even though it was a 1-1, uh, you know, final time, they, de they do look better. And for a team of FC Dallas that just came from, like, scoring four goals against Portland, it looked good. But going back to that heat, man, I feel like some of the times you can definitely tell how some of the players and the Dynamo are just, you know, gassed out. And you're like right there, man. Sub them out, sub them out, sub them out. Yeah, Put fresh legs and push fresh legs in. And it just doesn't happen till it's too late. We were very lucky and fortunate that that didn't, that, you know, that we didn't get score on because of that. Because, you know, Matias Vera, bless his heart, man, such a great player. But he was just totally, totally like uh, just getting gassed. But yeah, man, um, it's just kind of crazy. But Uh, I'll let you see what else you saw, Christian, uh, and then we can keep picking at it because we have time. Yeah. Let me pull out my notebook with my notes. Uh, so, I mean, I think one of you, well, you touched one of the things is the substitutions. I think that's like one of the problems that we as fans see it and like we don't understand, you know, why I guess the coaching staff or Tab Ramos don't see it. Like, why are we subbing? our first sub past the 70th minute or like the 75th minute. Like we have five substitutions this year, like, and probably from now on, we'll probably have five, but why aren't we like moving players around? Why aren't we putting fresh legs? Like you have people, even though, you know, personally, I don't like him, not because he's a bad guy or he's not talented or whatever. I just don't think he fits with our team. Uh, even though he's a great player and last year he was like the number one creator of chances and all this and that. But, you know, like you have Quintero, you have a player that can, you know, turn something into like from nothing to something. You have, you had Bahamich that we have not seen play. Like, bro, why are we spending so much money on bringing this player and build so much anticipation and seeing a guy play so much and like literally week, what, four? Like, he doesn't even – like, he well, he barely made it to the bench. And, like, he didn't get any playing time. And then why are we putting our – I mean, I think Ruti has been doing a great job, a phenomenal job in attacking and defending. Like, he's busting his, you know, his behind. Uh, but it's like, why can't we see uh, Christian Ramirez a little bit more? You know, give him 15 minutes a game. Give him 20 a game. You know, I mean, probably we'll probably see it now because we have more games coming up, like, you know, back to back, we have like three games in, in like a week and a half or something. But it's like, we need to start seeing like what the other guys look like, you know, because I'm, I mean, and Bennett, you know, I give Tab Ramos the benefit of the doubt because obviously he sees them every day and we don't. Like, I think they actually started uh, allowing people or media to go to the practices starting today. 
Um, so maybe, you know, people will start seeing something different, like at least the media people. But it's like, dude, like so many people and like the players that go in, they don't change the game. Like Lasseter, unfortunately, hasn't been anything. I mean, last year, he, I personally I think he got lucky that his first game, you know, he was able to go in with Ellis, you know, and Ellis has been probably the greatest player that we had in the last five years. And I think he just, I mean, obviously he's, he's talented, but he, he got lucky on that. But yeah, man, substitution is like a worry. Also, uh, what's his name? Uh, Jones, like he didn't play a great game, but yet he played a lot of the game. So it's like, you know, what are we doing here? And I know Ty Ramos really likes him. You know, there was an in today, uh, it was a press conference in basically they have a really, really tight relationship. So that explains a lot. But it's like, you know, how, you know, how far are we going to take, you know, having a really good relationship with like, having a guy on the field that maybe he's not producing so much, but you know, I don't know that those are my thoughts right now. I think I'm, I'm giving Tab some like some, some more time to see where we, cause I mean, we haven't lost too many games. We only lost one. So I think that's what we're all happy and content. But I think once we start losing, if we start losing, that's when we're going to be like questioning really, really hard what Tab Ramos is doing. But yeah. And I think like the moral of the story from last year and this year is Tab Ramos loves to play favorites. Rodrigo, do you want to add anything? Yeah, so one, so to hit, I guess, on that substitutions, um, obviously we've seen that he, he has maintained a pretty, I guess, similar lineup every week. And I think most of that has to do with fitness level. So interestingly enough, you know, I stayed a little bit past uh, full time there. And basically every sub that went in late, um, I guess even including uh, Sedan, but he came in in the 72nd minute, they did some workout at the end of the game. So, you know, Dallas or FC Dallas, they just went back into the locker room. Um, but Tab Ramos had them working out. And so I think that's just one of those, you know, they need to get their fitness level up. And most of the subs are not there yet, I guess. And that's maybe why he doesn't do that many rotations or early on. Um, uh, let, just, me just just, but in, let me just butt in just a second. They actually, they've been doing that forever. Like since Tab Ramos has started, they do that. So like, I mean, I'm not, you know, saying anything, but I don't, I don't know. Maybe it is fitness, but they always do that. So I don't, I don't think that's, but that's, I mean, it's a good observation because I, I, you know, I ask myself the same question, but it's like, you know, I don't know. Is this the problem? Sometimes know. you have to do sprints for your money, man. You know, All right. but Hey, well, I'm thinking we're super happy that in the Texas Derby, we got at least a point and did not lose in Frisco yes, uh, to the boys in, from Oklahoma, but moving in, staying with Houston Dynamo, you know, we have a match coming up midweek against Sporting KC. Let's kind of talk a little bit about, you know, your thoughts on what this matchup is going to look like. Obviously it's at home here in Houston. And uh, hopefully, you know, the weather, it's in our favor. I, I mean, I don't know. But, you know, Casey is not an easy team to play against. But uh, you want to start with that, Christian? And then, Rodrigo, you can go ahead and finish any thoughts that uh, Christian may have. So, I mean, Kansas City is Kansas City. They're always hard. Honestly, I see Kansas City more of a derby than, than Dallas. I just think we play harder with them. And they have such a better team and such a better, like, way of playing. That, I mean, Dallas lately has been playing better, but I think SKC has like a like an identity to them. So you already kind of know what they're going to bring. And, and I like that. I like those games because they get they get, you know, they go hard and, and you can see the players going extra hard because 
SKC is like a top dog and you always want to beat the top dog, you know? Uh, but I mean, every time SKC comes down, we play a great game. So I'm hoping that the trend continues. Uh, but I mean, it's going to be a tough one because I mean, SKC is also having a weird year, you know, up and down. But I mean, they obviously have prepared their team to, to, you know, keep fighting up top. And I really like Busio. So, you know, they, they have really, really talented dudes. So I just hope Top Ramos has a plan going and hopefully we can go out there because we need to win three points every time we're at home if we want to make it to the playoffs. Like three points at home is a must this year, you know, and, and always. But, you know, this year, if we want to move on to the next level, you know, of being a, a playoff team, we have to like get those three points at home, especially since we're going out on, on the weekend, you know, which it gets harder. I'll pass it on. <laughs> Yeah, so following up on that, um, actually, I did watch the game last night between uh, Kansas City and Austin. Um, Austin actually was giving them a, a pretty good match until there was a sloppy red card, and that basically changed the whole dynamic and the whole game. Kansas City ended up taking that 2-1 lead afterwards. So, yeah, as far as for this game, I, I don't know. I think um, we got to change something on top. I, I do like Uruti. But watching him play, he kind of has a slow acceleration and he just did not, he had two good chances that he could just finish or even try to maybe pass it off to the side if he took a better touch. But his finishing has just not been the best. I think we might just, you know, if Tab Ramos can go with a different forward just to get a different look and see what we can do there. Another great player, Quintero. I mean, he's been, I don't know if he's been struggling. He doesn't have team chemistry. So I watched some, you know, LAFC and then against Dallas. In both games, he was just frustrated. He was trying to do a little bit too much. Players wouldn't get open. Uh, I don't know if that's just his confidence or maybe he, he's not happy. I, I don't know. Maybe he's not playing his preferred position. Rudy and, and myself, we joked around in the LAFC that uh, when uh, Marich had the, had the ball, he, he was getting wide open. And he was just kind of lifting his hand, you know, like, hey, dude, I'm over here. And, like, you know, he's just by himself when everybody's going into one direction. And I think that's another point with Marge is that he needs to be more comfortable distributing the ball. Um, he seems – or he has been really sloppy at times. Made great saves. But distributing the ball, it's a key part of the game where you got to know where your players are at and how to get rid of it pretty quickly. Playing pretty slow with – we don't have the – Dynamo doesn't have the best buildup of play like like you had mentioned you know it's kind of hard for them to get more than three passes in before we lose the ball and, and I think that's going to be the key key part is just that distribution holding more onto the ball creating better space and not just getting you know going into one direction but I don't know that's just the things I've seen in the last two games um, hopefully they, they can improve on those things yeah I think to add about Gintero I think I know you know some some people don't like him uh, uh, you know, quote unquote, Chris Christian over here, but uh, no, I think the guy it's not that he's bad or he's good. I, I, I think he hits it on the dot, is the system. And I feel like Quintero, somebody that you need to start, you know, as you know, being in your starting lineup, let him do some work because if you only give him, you know, what did he got seven minutes this past game? I mean, yeah. he's gonna want to keep the ball at his feet, and that's not gonna go anywhere. But, yeah, I don't know exactly, you know, in the beginning we, we knew that uh, Top Ramos likes to his um, offense to pressure at all times the ball when they don't have it. 
And I think it started that way the first, maybe the first game, but it's kind of, you can't really, you, we, we don't know what they are now. It, it's weird to see because I feel like the, the three strikers are a bit, a bit of a shuffle. There's not really somebody playing consistently down the middle, but the defense, man, you know, applause to him. That defense is solid. I think the only one that is lacking is Adam Lungvis on the left side, man. He just feels like he's always, like, if you watch, go back and watch the plays, you know, against uh, Earthquakes, against LAFC, um, you know, all the past matches against uh, Portland. He seems to always be the one causing them, like, you know, either his his feet or, you know, his footwork is not there and he just gets caught off guard. But, uh, hey, um, you know, we pretty much hit every point that we wanted to hit. If you guys want to add anything else on this coming matchup, if not, um, I'll definitely I'll close this out, man. Just the last thing I think, you know, we are, I mean, me, myself, I am excited to see this team play the Dynamo because I think we, we, we are getting better. But, you know, I, I hope that, you know, every game I go in, I'm like, hopefully Tav shut, shuts me up and, you know, he brings a better game plan. So far, we're doing OK. I think if you would have said, you know, hey, you know, you're playing LAFC, you're playing Portland, you're playing San Jose, you're playing uh SKC and you play in a derby against Dallas, you know, and you, these are going to be your results. I think everybody would have said, yeah, I mean, we'll take that. You know, it's better than five, you know, five L's, you know, you know, back to back, back to back, especially with the Dynamo not having a great year last year and the year before and the year before. So, you know, you're like, you know, we'll take it. But I think we're, we're getting somewhere. We're, you know, hopefully it gets here soon, you know, sooner than later. But other than that, thank you for, for having me on, man. Yeah, Christian, you want to let them know uh, your social media and your podcast? Yeah, man. So you can find the show, Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-Q-U-A-T-T-R-O-D-O-S, on Instagram and Twitter. I try to be active on those. And then you can always go to the YouTube, the YouTubes, and you can also find the channel there. And, you know, I'm trying to do, like, different, like, Houston content, soccer content. So, you know, you can – I got different things going on over there. And then if you want to help out, you can go to patreon.com slash and you can help your brother out, you know, with little cash here and there. But other than that, man, I really love the show. Thank you for having me on and hopefully we can do this again. Yeah. And so thank you again for listening to Crossing Soccer Borders. Uh, you know, like, subscribe, share, get us out there, get more listeners out here listening uh, to CONCACAF, to sport with love here in the region. And also if you're a big Dynamo or Houston Dynamo fan, Make sure you check out dynamotheory.com. Dustin does a great job of having articles posted pretty much on a daily and keeps you updated with anything going on, especially on or during the games. Um, they always have a thread going. So if you have any comments, any love, any hate uh, for Taff or anybody in the Dynamo at the time that's happening, check this out. And with that, keep crossing Tucker borders, guys.